Coming to you live from the basement of an abandoned house in the middle of a field, it's the Derek Izzy Show. Making history his story, Derek Izzy. You're listening to the Derek Izzy Show. Welcome back for another month of this great podcast. We're going to start this off with some solitaire cube. Playing competitive solitaire, one-on-one, or in tournaments for real money. Yes, this is Solitaire Cube. If you think you're good at solitaire, download the app. Use promo code Derek Izzy. That's promo code D-E-R-E-K-I-Z-Z-I. And as soon as you make your first deposit, no matter how little it is, you will get a dollar for free. The cheapest game is free, of course, but if you want to play one-on-one, The least expensive game costs $0.60. The winner gets a dollar. But you can get a dollar for free when you make your first deposit using promo code DerekIzzy, D-E-R-E-K-I-Z-Z-I. Let the games begin. Born on October 29th, 1932. The topic of our podcast grew up in a very abusive household. Now, there were allegations of sexual abuse by the father, allegations that the topic of our podcast was raped by her father. We definitely know that there was physical abuse, that's for sure. And we know that the mother was unable to stop the abuse. In the state of South Carolina, this family had very little money. Being one in a family of nine children, this kind of environment would cause the child to act out. Some of the actions displayed by the topic of our podcast rage against her mom a physically abusive father and a mom who simply just let it go she didn't step in and intervene and try and stop it she felt betrayed by her mother now the topic of our podcast was fairly intelligent in fact she started off school doing great elementary school she was actually complimented by a lot of her teachers But as she grew older, the volatile family life and the abuse from her father would start to mold the mind of this child. She started getting into fights at school. Around the middle school ages, she started to notice that the clothes that she wore were very different from the clothes that a lot of the other girls in her school wore. She was understanding that her family didn't have a lot of money. I mean, they had a lot of kids. It's difficult to provide for that many children. Sometimes she got made fun of for the clothes that she wore. She started taking money out of her father's pants. Back in those days, it was common to keep cash with you. That was the major currency. We didn't have credit cards or electronic payments available. People carried coins and dollar bills with them. And she would sneak the coins out of her father's pants pockets. This treatment 
from her fellow students was too much for her to handle, so her coping mechanism was theft. The family had an elderly neighbor, and she stole $80 from this neighbor. Of course, this got her a beating. And she was assigned lots of chores. Growing up on a farm, it was common for all the children to help out. And not to say that there weren't good times in her family. When he wasn't abusive, her father was caring, and he was active in the children's lives. During a trip at a young age, her father took her downtown where she was window shopping, and she fell in love with a pretty dress. Her father bought it for her. As she got into her teenage years, it looks like that's when the sexual abuse started to take place. Now, her brothers and sisters, they say this never happened, that the allegations were completely false. But to her, they were real. The father of this family held several different jobs. He'd worked for a mill at the time. They sold cotton and tobacco from their farm. And when the father wasn't involved with his family, he was out getting drunk. He was known around town as an easily angered, hard-drinking man. One of the things that he wouldn't stand for is backtalk, especially from his children. As he wielded a strap as a form of discipline, he was very strict and would often go overboard when disciplining his children to the point of abuse. As the topic of our podcast got into high school, she became very active in her Baptist church. She had been waiting for a long time to finally turn 16 because in her family, age 16 was when you could go on your first date. And at age 16, that's exactly what the topic of our podcast did. She met a wonderful boy named Thomas. The two of them started hanging out and it seemed like they were falling in love. In fact, at age 17, Thomas proposed to her, and she said yes. This was a big moment for the topic of our podcast. They moved in together and started having children. As newlyweds, they lived in a small home. By 1953, they had had two children. The topic of our podcast enjoyed raising the children. She was a very protective mother, and she hated to be separated from the children. As the children grew up, she was very involved in their lives, guiding them along the way, helping them to grow into decent children. At this point, the topic of our podcast decided to start working. Her husband was good with it. She got a job working for the Pepsi-Cola factory. As she got older, she started to experience some health problems. And in 1963... She had a hysterectomy. Back in those days, any type of surgery was a major procedure. And even as common as this one was, it had a large effect on the topic of our podcast. Feelings of unattractiveness and self-doubt, a lack of confidence started to develop in the topic of our podcast. Her husband started drinking. In 1965, her husband would have a horrible car accident. Now, he maintains that he was sober behind the wheel when this accident occurred. But most people in the town believed he was driving drunk. And that's what his wife believed. This would only add fire to the frequent arguments over alcohol. After daily arguments, arguments in front of the kids, 
the marriage started to become unbearable. In 1967, Thomas was arrested. He had been caught driving drunk. This time, his license was taken away. You can imagine the fights that this would lead to in the household, the fights that the children would have to endure, listening to their parents argue every night over alcohol. Thomas and the topic of our podcast got into many, many heated arguments, mostly over his drinking and her behavior as well. And the arguments only escalated. This marriage was definitely in trouble. One day, after a heated argument, the topic of our podcast and her drunk husband, with him passing out on the couch, she decided to take the children and leave the house. Later, when she would return... She returned to a scene of chaos. The house had burned down. Her husband, Thomas, had been taken to the hospital, but he was gone. This was a horrible tragedy, and yet only the beginning of tragedies that would strike the adult life of the topic of our podcast. The topic of our podcast was so stressed out, she started losing weight. One day, her son came home and discovered her body on the floor. He was able to revive her and get her to the hospital where doctors evaluated her and suggested that she stay in the hospital for a few more days so they could continue evaluations and get her stabilized. They gave her sedatives, vitamins, and when she was healthy enough to leave the hospital, they prescribed Librium and Valium, and this was something that she would really enjoy. She enjoyed her prescription so much that she started going from doctor to doctor, getting more and more medicine, and now the topic of our podcast being addicted to her prescription medicines. This led to her being fired from her job. This led the topic of our podcast to move back in with her parents. Shortly after moving home, her abusive father would die of lung cancer. Shortly after that, her mother would become seriously ill. It seemed like at a young age, experiencing this negative impact of your family and then growing up into adulthood, negative things just seemed to happen to the topic of our podcast. But she continued on. She met a new man. This man's name was Stuart. One of the things that Stuart liked about the topic of our podcast is that she was very religious. Now the two of them moved in together. This was a bit of an awkward adjustment for her children. They didn't really know Stuart and also the fact that their mom was very religious. Back then it was pretty uncommon for couples to live out of wedlock, but they did. So on to the summer of 1974, the mother of the topic of our podcast, she wasn't feeling well. She ended up going to the hospital complaining of stomach pains. The hospital sent her home when she was feeling better, and everything seemed to be okay with her. The topic of our podcast and her new man, Stuart, you can imagine how their whirlwind affair started off great. And then, once they were exposed to the real people that they were, 
the relationship started to fall apart. The topic of our podcast was unable to hold down a job. She was still addicted to her prescription medicines. During this tumultuous marriage, an argument would break out because the topic of our podcast had been signing her husband's name on checks. He was irate. This caused a big argument. And even though they had this argument, they were still going to go to church anyway. And even though Stuart was extremely upset, his wife got him a beer and they were able to go to church without issue. During a church service, Stuart started to feel sick. He was experiencing severe stomach pains. He left the church service, sat out in the car for a little bit, and the topic of our podcast decided to drive him home. But on the way home, he asked her to stop the car. Upon stopping the car, he opened the door and threw up all over the ground. After arriving at home, he still felt sick. He couldn't sleep. He was experiencing stomach pains. After laying in bed and still not improving, the topic of our podcast decided to take him to the hospital. The doctors asked her many questions about him and his lifestyle and his medical history, but of course, being the new girlfriend, she really didn't have any answers to these questions. The doctors assumed he had gastritis, and they sent him home. He still didn't improve. As his condition seemed to be getting worse, they took him to the hospital again. However, this time, Stuart would not survive the trip to the hospital. After the death of Stuart, the topic of our podcast and her son attended the funeral, and they grieved with Stuart's family. It was a sad situation for everyone involved. The topic of our podcast would lose her mother in the same way that she lost her boyfriend, Stuart. But life continued. Her son was graduating high school. He was one of the top students in his class. He gave a speech at his high school graduation, and the topic of our podcast was just beaming with pride. The topic of our podcast would start dating a new man. His name was Jennings. Jennings' previous wife had died, and he was now available on the free market. In August of 1970, the topic of our podcast and her boyfriend Jennings got married. It was a beautiful wedding in a church, and they moved into a small home in Fayetteville, North Carolina. But this whirlwind romance was short-lived again. The topic of our podcast, she could not stop the prescription drugs. One day, her husband found her on the floor, and he took her to the hospital. The doctors had found that she had overdosed. Roughly a year after the couple was married, Jennings would die of an apparent heart failure. Losing another husband, the topic of our podcast, she was just totally shocked. Or at least that's how it seemed. She had lost interest in life. She was always depressed. She started taking more and more prescriptions. And she was unable to work. It's about this time when the Vietnam War was taking place. And the topic of our podcast's son went off to Vietnam. The topic of our podcast was later able to get a job caring for an elderly couple, Montgomery and Dolly. 
They lived in a small town in North Carolina, and she needed extra money, and she was a good caretaker. So why not help take care of some people? It seemed that maybe her luck was changing, and that this new purpose of taking care of Montgomery and Dolly would help the topic of our podcast turn her life around. She started forging checks from the elderly couple, and that elderly couple would start to suffer from stomach pains, and they would die. The topic of our podcast would move in with another elderly couple, John and his wife, and the topic of our podcast started writing checks on John's account. She needed her prescriptions. John started losing weight. He was losing more and more weight and starting to feel sick. And then he would die. His wife, she started to feel sick too. But she would make it through okay. The topic of our podcast would move on. She had been interrogated several times for writing these bad checks. But it always seemed like there was a a good excuse for most of them. And she did serve some time in jail for writing bad checks and forging signatures. Police had interrogated her on several times, but they missed a lot of key questions. She was arrested, and as her trial took place, there would be a lot of information that would come to light. Whether it was a psychotic mind or just the way the prescription drugs mixed together, this trial would be a memorable one. Because as police started looking in to the deaths of those around the topic of our podcast, they started to see a pattern. Stomach pains, gastric disease. Suspicion started to grow that perhaps the topic of our podcast didn't have a streak of bad luck. Perhaps everyone dying around her was intentional. And during the trial, that is exactly what was discovered. For every one of those deaths that occurred around her, with the exception of maybe her father, the topic of our podcast was directly involved with some type of poison. Arsenic seemed to be her go-to type of poisoning. And as the evidence came out, Over the trial, the confession to four murders was turned in. The topic of our podcast was sentenced to death. Imprisoned at Central Prison in Raleigh, North Carolina, the topic of our podcast, she killed her boyfriend, Stuart Taylor. She killed Montgomery and Dolly Edwards. She killed John Henry Lee. She killed her mother, Lily Bullard. She said that she killed them to cover up the fact that she had stolen money from them to support her addiction to the prescription drugs. During the trial, she denied that she killed her husband, Thomas Burke, and her next husband, Jennings Barfield, and the jury convicted her of killing Stuart Taylor. While on death row, she committed her life to spreading the word of God. Over the years, different psychiatrists have tried to explain what happened to her and why she acted the way she did, but we may never know. 
choosing the final meal of cheese doodles and Coca-Cola, the topic of our podcast, was executed on November 2nd, 1984. Before her execution, she told her family, When I go into the gas chamber, it's my gateway to heaven. Witnesses to the execution said that she didn't suffer. She just seemed to relax as the poison flowed through her veins, just like all of the people she killed. At age 52, she died as the first woman put to death in the United States by lethal injection. The topic of our podcast was none other than Velma Barfield. Hence the title of the podcast. Everyone remembers Velma from Scooby-Doo. Well, that wasn't her. That was a different Velma. But this Velma, you can remember, with the song by Jonathan Bird. He was actually the grandson of the second husband, Jennings Barfield. Because now you know the rest of the story. And before we close, I'll give you a listen to that song. But make sure you go to Solitaire Cube first. Use promo code Derek Izzy to get your free dollar. Free money's good, right? Download Solitaire Cube, promo code Derek Izzy. And now from his Wildflowers album, here's Jonathan Bird. Good day. Stuart Taylor, 
Someone had to know Falling down Velma Falling down Every man you've been with One by one they go Falling down Velma Falling down Once you take the killing, your life ain't never the same. Falling down a film of falling down. Now they have your number, now they know your name. Falling down a film of falling down. Falling down a film of falling down, falling down. Falling down a film of falling down. Falling down a film of falling down